Between the Lines, written by Delio Pera, read by Delio Pera. On the shrine world of Palma Alternum, deep beneath the planet's surface, there are libraries that run for hundreds of miles. Dark, catacomb-like tunnels that stretch beyond sight are filled with skeletal ironwork shelves that tower dozens of feet, reaching from dark stone floor to hewn ceiling. Candles, tall as grown men, and dim, flickering lumens, the only sources of light. The candles burn for weeks, their wax pooling in huge piles. Roaming servitors come by with shovels, scoop the wax into baskets to later be taken to the candle manufactorum to be recast. The first tunnels were dug 15,000 years ago, and even to this day new sections are being added. One could spend a lifetime walking amid the endless shelves and never set foot on the same patch of rock twice. The libraries hold written works gathered from across the Imperium. Paper dust drifts through the air, giving the endless tunnels a musty, ancient smell. Some of the shelves are almost as old as the tunnels themselves, repaired again and again. New braces can be seen welded onto rusted sections, giving the shelves a lumpen, misshapen look, like the mutated and bloated legs of metal giants. Dovella Reinstall, battle sister in the Order of the Buried Word, says a prayer of thanks, then drinks from her canteen. Dovella is in her mid-thirties, her face smooth and without blemish or scar. Her skin is so pale, veins can be seen in places on her hands and neck. Her lack of scars is something she's not proud of, and has considered remedying that lack herself. Long days in prayer and reflection on the Emperor has managed to stay her hand, but she longs for battle. Davella followed the drifting path of smoke from a candle whose flame is high beyond her head. The smoke wafted up up past shelves that reach beyond sight into the darkness above. Up there, out of sight, the flapping wings of cherubim sound like pages of ancient books blown in a wind the libraries will never know. The cherubim are tasked with dusting the shelves and send fragments showering down to be swept up by cleaning servitors. Some of the cherubim carry censers at the end of chains looped around their bodies. The censers filled with incense swing back and forth, blessing the books and scrolls and shelves themselves. Other cherubim play hymns through voxes mounted to their malformed adolescent bodies. The songs, channeled from chapels miles away, sing praise to the god emperor and softly echo through the tunnels. Davella scanned a sign stamped into the side of the shelving tower nearest her. It read, Column BG12-468. She turned to the servo skull floating at her side, said, Give me a new estimate, Glint. She'd named the skull during her last trip into the libraries, the candle atop its head, its one affectation, and the source of Davella's inspiration for the name. As the pair journeyed through the caverns, the little candle was their one constant source of light. All others came and went. There was a pause. Cogs clicked. Wheels spun the sounds of Glint's machine spirit processing the request. Then a voice, sounding both metallic and helpful, 
like a kindly librarian speaking across a vast distance through multiple radios. Another nine hours at your current pace, sister. If you were to jog, you might reduce that time by... Devella waved her hand. No. Sister Superior Jolien keeps telling me I have something to learn down here. I'll not rush things. She patted the bag at her side, gave it a couple gentle feeling squeezes. Twelve hours ago, it carried a small cache of food, a couple rations, three pieces of fruit, cured meat, five cans of recaf. She was down to one can of recaf, no fruit, and her last ration. And how far until we reach another food storage unit? The candle atop the skull wobbled as Glint considered the new question. Glint bobbed through the air, read another sign, turned a corner, and went down between shelving, the candle's light wavering as it went and dimming as Glint ventured deeper into the darkness. Devella paused, waiting, and ran her fingers over the rosarius wrapped around her left wrist, whispering litanies and catechisms with each new bead touched. Each bead was different in some sublimely subtle way. Anyone else would have been hard-pressed to notice differences between each, but Devella felt them straight away. Her fingers touched one with a small chip on the edge closest to the cord, the next with a pair of slight cuts, and the one after a hairline crack. After some minutes she began walking again. Glint would return soon enough. Her eyes dropped to her feet, each heavy armored step getting lost in the tunnels. The sound bounced off iron shelves, then was swallowed by the innumerable books and scrolls. Ahead, a trio of candles pulled her attention. The smallest of the three came even with her face, while the other two rose well above it. How tall were they to start? She wondered and tried to recall if she'd ever seen one of the candles lit. No, she had no memory of that. She'd seen the servitors going about their cleaning, scooping up the wax and sweeping up the dust the cherubim brushed free from the shelves, the faceless servitors silently drifting through the libraries always disturbed Avella on a primal level. It bothered her that they should be here among such treasures and yet wholly unaware of the glorious works that surrounded them. A glint floated over Davila's left shoulder moved on beyond her, then turned, still floating but now facing her and keeping pace with its master. Food storage unit N4-C is the closest to your current position. How far? Glint's machine spirit worked out the question. Two hours. You would take a right at the next major junction to reach N4-C, but our destination is straight ahead. Devella picked up something in the servo's voice, a hint of frustration or minor annoyance. What is it? N4C is not en route to CH 43-823. Devilla tutted. <sighs> of course. Are there any units along our way? There are, yes. How far? Five hours at your current pace. Devilla thought for a moment, narrowed her eyes, and ran her fingers over the beads, then said, We'll go to that one. I don't want to add any more time to this trip. She wouldn't start jogging to decrease the time, but there was no sense in adding to it. The pair continued. Devella marked distant pools of light cast by the candles and lumens as goals to reach. Each lit space stood out to her in the darkness like a safe haven in the otherwise dark tunnels. So dark in some places one wouldn't be able to see the shine on their own fingernails. 
a dark so deep it gnawed at you, seemed to have a weight that pulled on you. Devella was glad for a glint in areas like that, not that her path took her through many. Only twice had the pair gone through such on this current trip. The longer of the two stretches had lasted half an hour and was more than enough for Devella. What is it you want me to learn? Devella wondered, thinking of her sister superior's insistence that she once more return to the library and fetch another book. The retrieval of the book was not the lesson. That much she understood. It was her task, but what she was meant to learn hadn't been spelled out. Julian said she needed to learn to read between the lines. The God Emperor does not speak to us through words, but signs. It is our duty to learn to see his teachings in all things, Devella thought, recalling Julian's words. What am I missing? There were so many books, so many written works. Surely Julian didn't want her to pick things at random and look for meaning that way. No, no, of course not. What then? Or rather, where was she to look? Ahead stood a single tall candle amid row after endless row of shelving. The source of light a dozen paces back had been a single flickering lumen strung between steel wings protruding from the sides of towering iron. Smoke from the candle mingled with incense drifting from the censers carried by the unseen cherubim. Devella looked up, trying to spot one. She could hear their wings from time to time, but almost never saw them. She thought of Glint and wondered about the Servo Skull's past life. Would it remember anything from back then? Devella reached into her food satchel and pulled out the last can of recap. She cracked the top and said, Glint, do you remember anything from before? The Servo Skull turned in midair to face Devella. Its movement remained the same. Before when, Sister Devella? The pair had reached the solitary candle and Devella paused in the pool of the light it cast. She said a quick prayer before bringing the can of recap to her lips. She took a moment to smell the sweet incense wafting through the air like ghostly fingers. The skin of her hand holding the can pulled tight and she swore she could see blood moving through her veins. Was that possible? The words of her sister superior played through her mind again, but before she could consider their meaning, Glint was speaking. Sister, before this trip? Devella sipped a recap. The first taste always made her smile. No, before you served in this form, do you remember when you were still alive? The skull shuddered as if hit by a chill. Of course, that wasn't possible. It had no nerves, no way of feeling anything. The candle atop its head flickered. Sometimes I see flashes. The pair started off again. Of what? Devella asked, thinking the skull must mean daydreams or memory fragments. What do you see? Oh, I don't think it's worth sharing. My only task is to assist you, sister. My old thoughts aren't worth anything now. Fragments of a life better left behind. This is what I am now. Glint's reply had only increased Devella's curiosity. She took another sip of recap, said, I'd hear what you see. The servo skull was silent. It continued to lead the way down the path they were on. Now and then it would turn to scan a placard on the side of a shelving tower. Devella waited. Maybe it was thinking. After a couple minutes had passed and the skull still hadn't replied, Devella asked again what it was the skull saw. I see my past. Incomplete pieces. A face. Half a word. A broken scene. 
Was that pain Devella was picking up on? Loss? Was it possible to hear such thing in the skull's modulated voice? It seemed a far-fetched idea that the servo skull might be able to express emotion. It doesn't want to talk about this, Devella realized. Maybe if I offer something of myself, it'll be more comfortable to tell me what it sees. She gave her can a little shake, feeling the contents about half left. Did you know I had a sister, Clint? You have many sisters. Every one of your order is. Devella shook her head, her long, dark hair brushing against the pauldrons of her armor. A blood sister. Oh, no, I did not know that. Avona was three years older than me. Devella said. The skull's machine spirit processed the new information. Glint turned to regard Devella. The pair was in another dark patch, the next man-sized candle many yards away. The skull's little candle cast an eerie glow over its face. Dark shadows filled the hollow of its eyes and nose and mouth. Where is she now? asked Glint, then added, if I might ask. Of course. She's with he on Terra. May she forever bask in his light, said Glint, and Devella nodded. What did she do? She worked here, in the libraries. She was a scribe and helped with the tracking and placement of books. The servo skull's movement stuttered, like a fisherman's bobber being visited by a new catch. The candle almost went out from the sudden movement. I'd like to know what it is you remember, Glint, Devella said. The skull's movement had a slight juddering quality to it now. It was clear to the battle sister that it was distressed. She knew she could command it to comply, but didn't want to do that unless the skull remained guarded. The pair passed into the light of another candle, and Glint said, Would you build me a new candle? Glint paused in the light and turned the back of its head to the sister. Devella pulled a new wick from a small pouch that dangled from the skull, then scooped still warm wax from the side of the large candle and formed it into Glint's replacement. Let's give it a bit to cool, she said. The one I have now won't run out before then? asked Glint. Devella grinned, shook her head. No, it still has a few hours left. I see this, said Glint, finally answering Devella's question. These tunnels, a shelf, the page of a book... A hand. Maybe mine. Maybe not. I'm unable to make sense of what I see. I lack context. Do you know how long ago you died? Asked Devella. The skull turned back and forth in midair. Without a body, could it really be said that it shook its head? Devella didn't know, but found such leftover mannerisms both amusing and interesting. There was something in the way Glint moved that reminded Devella of her sister. The last time the Blood Sisters saw each other was before Ivona had left on an expedition to retrieve books from another system. Devella's sister never came home. At least that was what Devella had always assumed. She paused and stared at Glint, her eyes drawn to the dwindling little candle, its light wavering against the cold floor and massive metal shelves. Glint continued forward, unaware that Devella had stopped. Is this what you wanted me to see? Devella wondered, staring after the servo skull and thinking of her conversations with Julian. Glint said something, but was too far ahead for Devella to hear. Glint, she called after it. Hold on. The skull turned, and seeing the distance between it and the sister began moving back towards her. What was it you said? 
asked Vela. I said, no, I don't remember when I died. All I remember is fire. I think I was trying to help someone, or maybe they were trying to help me. Fire, Devilla thought and took a slow breath. That's how they said Ivona died, that she'd run into a library to try and save someone when the building collapsed. She opened her mouth to ask Glint a question, but the words wouldn't form. She thought of a passage of scripture that Sister Superior Jolien was commonly citing. We need not see, nor hear, nor bear witness. It is enough to believe. After the candle had cooled enough to keep its shape, Devella lit it with the remains of the old one, then put the new one in its place. Looking at the servo skull in a new way, Devella smiled and asked, Could I get a new estimate, please? This was a story that I submitted along with a few others to coldopenstories.com. You can read a number of stories on that website. This is the only one by me on there, but there's a few others. And Cold Open Stories also does audio dramas that are really well done, uh, considering they're just fan stuff and it's not a paid website. You can get those on Spotify and... I guess their website, most likely. I honestly don't know all the places, but I do know that you can listen to Spotify because I just listened to one, um, the A Cog in Crimson, and it was pretty sweet. They have sound effects, they've got music, it's full voice acting with multiple actors, so it's a whole audio drama, and they're, like I said, well done. This story, mine here, Between the Lines, was one of three different ones I had written. I... The first one I wrote was about, um, I, I don't, it was, uh, there was a planet and it was, the inspiration for it was Native American society and this, this community lived very nomadic lives and tents and they were very reminiscent of Native Americans in, in the United States, so three, four hundred years ago. And one of the characters goes off to, to finish a trial of manhood kind of thing and he's killing a thing that's sort of like a buffalo, and then a meteor comes down and comes back to his camp, and uh, he and some other men are sent to go and figure out what was that, that the meteor was about, and it turns out it was a, a band of orcs that had crash-landed on the planet, and then the, the tribesmen murdered the orcs, and they, they fought with twin axes was their, their style, and they fought in a very synchronized way so they kind of had each other's backs and when one would throw an axe another one might catch it and then chop down an orc and it was back and forth and so real mayhem kind of chaotic style of fighting but very planned and something that they had practiced a lot it was okay but I think I was trying to get too much into such a short story the other one was a couple of brothers that lived on um, a fish packing planet where there are seas, just huge roiling seas, and people go out fishing, and then all the meat gets packed into cans and then shipped off world to all the many thousands of people, millions, billions, trillions of, of folks and, and soldiers the Imperium has to feed. And these brothers lived in some sewers and had this hard scrabble life, and they had found a, a factory that they could sneak into and, and steal some cans, and they got uh, cornered by... Some gnarly dude, and they had to bash his skull in to escape and then get back to their, their sewers to eat their spoils. 
again, just an eh, okay story. But it's funny because the, the story that I just read to you between the lines was the one that I had the idea for initially. But then I ended up writing this one last. I submit I submitted all three, the Sewer Brothers, this Between the Lines, and then the the Tribes one. I don't even remember what I called it. Two Cold Open Stories. And Cold Open Stories picked this one. Uh, they thought it was the best, which I agree. It was the best, and it's the one I should have written in the first place, but I guess I had to get those other ones out of my system. Um... There is some word placement and some stuff here, some sentence structure things that I could have done better. But as far as the story, I liked the I liked the scene that I set. I like this this world, this Palma Alternum, this shrine world. I like the idea of catacomb libraries that just run for thousands or rather hundreds of miles, maybe thousands of miles, just these endless corridors of books that are down there in these dark tunnels that are maintained by roaming servitors and have cherubim flying around and wafting incense through the air sounds very 40k to me um i like the idea or the the develop the character and she's been tasked to go down and get these books and she hasn't seen combat and since she's not seen much light because she's always going down in these libraries to get books that her skin is super pale if you've ever seen critters from caves, they often have transparent skin. You can see right through them, and that, that was kind of what I was thinking there. If she hasn't seen a whole lot of light, then she'd be the opposite of tan. She'd be extremely pale and unscarred, and that's something that she doesn't like because she's thinking, man, I'd like to see some battle, and all my other sisters that I know of or other ones that she's heard of have scars, and maybe I should just cut myself up a little bit, and so that's something that she battles with and realizes, oh, no, I'm, I'm the emperor's property. Maybe I shouldn't do that. Um, I think I was a little bit too on the nose, a little bit too obvious about the skull being her sister. I wanted it to, I, my aim was for it to leave the reader kind of, hmm, maybe, maybe not. But the way I wrote it was very obvious that that's the way it's supposed to be pointing. So it wasn't, I could have had some more ambiguity in here. So it leaves you wondering, oh, 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 I see, huh? and leave you, the reader, or listener in this case, trying to read between the lines. So that would have been a little bit better, certainly, and a little more clever if I had pulled that off successfully, but um, I didn't manage it. It was a little bit too direct, but that's okay. Live and learn. Move on to the next one and try and implement whatever it is that I'm going for and better and the next time I, I write a story. Whew. I have been reading a ton today. I wrote... I'm sorry, not wrote, read an entire book over the past two days. It, well, it's a short story, 10,000 odd words for an author, not 40K. Um, when I know more about where she's putting it, I will let you know so that you can hear more of my work if you'd like. It's a vampire story. I'm not going to say any more than that. So that was kind of interesting. I had to do a couple different accents for it. So that was that was fun. And then I wrote this week's, I'm not wrote, why do I keep on saying write? I didn't write it. I read this week's Warhammer 40k story, the Fabius Bile one, and then I just read this one. So, lots of reading. I probably read, well, I don't know, how many words is that? That's 5,000. Probably about 10,000 words all, all, con all, all told today. All considered, all told. Ooh, okay, I'm tired reading, so now I'm going to go and edit. All right, I hope you guys are having a good week, and let me know what you think of this stuff, as always like, subscribe, share this on your feeds. 
I don't know why we've kind of stalled out here at at 800, 900 um, subscribers. I guess now now would be a good time to to send out a couple of thank yous to some of the the, the listeners or, or few folks that have tuned in a few times. Let's see. We've got Conaman. I'm not saying these in any particular order, just by how I see people and their names and who jumps out at me in the in the the notifications here. Conaman is always saying cheers with a beer, and his comments always amuse me because I'm pretty sure he uses text to to type kind of thing. He has mentioned that he's dyslexic, so these stories are good for him to to listen to because it's difficult for him to read. So cheers with a beer back to you there, Kona man. I hope you're enjoying these and it sounds like you are. So clink, there we go, glasses to glasses. Um, Adam Fox, he, I'm not sure what you do, Adam, but you've been kind enough to leave some comments here and you've been listening or paying attention to some of the non-40k stuff. So that's very appreciated. Flack Bait, thank you for your comments and hanging out. Skywatcher Adept, I haven't seen you in a little bit, but I have seen you a number of times on here, so thank you for popping in. Who else? Benjamin Trejo, thank you for the comments on my summoner, soul summoner story. Adam Fox again, more Adam Fox. Um, And anyone else here that I've seen a few times? Oh, Jason Troutween. I've seen you a few times. So thank you for checking out the content here. And if you enjoy this kind of stuff, then let me know what it is that you like, what it is you want more of, and share this stuff on, on your social media platforms. Get, get it out there so we can get this channel up to 1,000 subscribers. Okay, stay safe, wear a mask, wash your hands, stay inside as much as you can. We're going to get through this garbage, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.